Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our third podcast, right? Yes. Okay. I am Martina once again. And I'm Gustavo. Thank Thank you you so much for joining us again. Um, This kind of was an impromptu podcast. We hadn't anticipated doing this. We're actually in the process of recording another one that you'll see out in the next couple of weeks. But um, we felt like this was super important to to talk about and kind of um, definitely acknowledge the fact that this has all happened. So a couple of things we want to talk about, but I think the most important things are, um, as of this week, Kate Spade um, passed away. And um, a couple days ago, too, in the process of us putting together all the notes for this podcast, Anthony Bourdain has also passed away as well. So um, our thoughts and fa- our thoughts and prayers are with with his you know his and hers families, and it's just it's a really sad situation. And for those of you who don't know, um, Kate Spade died. Is it Tuesday morning, right, Gustavo? Tuesday, yes. Okay, um, Tuesday morning in her apartment on the the Upper East Side on Park Avenue. She uh, um, she was found by the housekeeping staff as she had uh, died of an apparent suicide and. Um, not much has really come out in the media in the following days as to um, why or what was, you know, what was going on. The only thing that was really um, was left was just a note, a, you know, addressed specifically to her daughter. And that's mm-hmm. about it. And have we still haven't. Um, no, the what was in the, the letter? The only thing I've read and it's it's interesting, like that's in my opinion, a very personal thing. And for someone to to bring that or give that to the media kind of thing seems a little off to me. Right. But um, the, the thing that I read was, um, I think it had something to the effect of, I, you know I'll always love you. Please ask your dad. Yes. Something okay. to that effect. And, and it, that's it. And um, so I, I just can't imagine what, She's 13 years old, this girl, and I can't imagine what what she's going through losing a mom, you know. So um, that's all I've heard. I don't know. Have you heard anything in regards um, to it? They, I, was just, I was reading something that's kind of like a page sex thing, mm-hmm. but it's mostly gossip. So we, I really didn't think it was um, a source to go by, but apparently the husband, they were about to separate uh, yeah, that I had heard yeah, too. And then um, mm-hmm. he was apparent, apparently, allegedly, I guess, cheating on her. Oh, and then this heard. is something that this whole um, affair was leading up to the separation and the divorce and so on and so forth. So ah, that's why she had okay. left that, like, to tell her dad. Sure. Um, but again, I don't know if this is a reliable source. Um, a lot of people are saying a lot of things. Like, her sisters apparently said that she tried to help her multiple times. And then she finally, when she finally got pushed away, she just like, okay, like, there's nothing for me to do. I can't help you anymore. Um, so it's just, it's really, really heartbreaking because, you know, I never, it's not that I said I expected from her or anything, but it just, I never thought it would be her or, you know what I mean? It's like she... She was so happy with this new um, company she was starting with that was actually named after her daughter. Um, well, that's the company that her and her husband started too, wasn't it? Yes. 
Yeah, and and for most people who don't know, and that's it's like everybody that I've talked to uh, across the board over the the course of this week, no one has really known the fact that Kate Spade hasn't been directly involved in the Kate Spade label for about ten years. Yeah. I think it's since like oh six or oh nine that she has not been had or she has not had any uh, direct hand in the design work of of the product that's seen in stores. So. That's all, um, was it what, Liz Claiborne or Anne Klein, one of those? Uh, Coach actually owns them now. Oh, yeah. But she first sold it to... Um, Liz Claiborne, yeah. Liz Claiborne, mm-hmm. yes. And then um, Coach bought it for like billions of dollars. Well, I think tapestry. it was a one point, yeah, $1.5 billion, I think yeah. is what they acquired it for. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it's a really sad story. And I think I even said it to you the morning because... I had gotten the alert. That's what I woke up to that morning. And I texted Gustavo the uh, the news article. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, she literally had everything that she could possibly want. She had the apartment on Park Avenue. She had a husband. She had a, a daughter who mm-hmm. she clearly loved very, very much. She had a flourishing business and she was starting another well, one on top yeah. of it. But that's just proof to you that when when you're not happy and that there's something that's very, very wrong, that it doesn't matter what you have. You could have millions of dollars and have right. everything yeah. in the world and still not not have it. Never be happy. Right, absolutely. Yeah, like cause m- mental illness is really a really disease where everything's fine but it's always triggers something that I mean I'm not a professional, but just from the experiences from what I've read and you know just you know some close family members, it's just like anything can set them off. Like you can tell a person you love them, like you know, you know all day, all day in and out, and they still won't believe it. They still won't accept it or whatever the case may be. So it's really heartbreaking. And it's really sad to see a couple of people who are just like. Um, talents they're creative genius yes just go that way and um, but it's also really heartbreaking when you have other people who are not fans or whatever the case may be and always be negative about it Um, and it's always they don't and I hate the fact that everyone's like oh it's just a cowardly way of going out yes to a lot of people it does seem cowardly but to them it's just their only way out like the only way that they feel mm-hmm. like I guess again I'm not a professional but I guess for me it just feels like I guess in a sense it feels like this is their way of just being happy or released or right well let me ask you this though because I had this conversation I think it was with my dad my, both my dad and I had this conversation and I said to him, I said, I get it. I said, and he was coming from the same perspective you were. But at the same time, you clearly have this undying love for your child. Because in both situations, both Kate Spade and both Anthony Bourdain, they both have children. Mm-hmm. They both have daughters, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And if you truly have this undying love for your child, doesn't that... Doesn't that give you some sort of motivation? I get that if you have this illness and and you just you don't see the point in, in wanting to live any further, doesn't your child give you some motivation to, to continue? I guess it does to a certain extent. 
But I don't think it gives them, like, still the willingness to keep on living. Sure. Um, you figure she's 13, two years, she'll go to high school, she'll go away for college, or whatever the case may be. Then in the case of Kate Spade, if they do get divorced, she's going to be alone. Right, that's true. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Anthony Bourdain, he's always been, I mean, I don't know if his daughter travels with him, but he's always been a man of discovery, of, like, going around the world and trying different things and enjoying life and exploring. So, you know, I really don't know that situation, but I just mm-hmm. know, I know from Kate Spade, it's, like, probably, like, she's going to leave me anyway. I guess is what I'm saying. That's true. Uh- I don't know. I mean, either way, it's very, very sad in that situation. And and the Anthony Bourdain story is not any any better. I uh, So the whole Kate Spade situation happened on Tuesday. And then I thought we were in the clear. I thought everything was good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Thursday morning, news broke that um, Anthony Bourdain had, was, was found in a Paris hotel room. He was in the process of, of filming, what's his show, Parts Unknown, if I'm not Parts mistaken. Unknown, yeah. Um, and his his partner that he had on the show had gone to his hotel room that day to for, they were supposed to meet up yep. to to continue filming on and um, he found him unresponsive That's in his awesome. home in his hotel room as well so um, very much the same the same situation I had a daughter which. I didn't know. Um, I didn't know this. I can't remember where I, I saw it. I saw it on television somewhere that they had done a um, like a profile on him, and mm-hmm. he was apparently a, a recovering heroin addict. I oh, had wow. no idea that that was the case. Like that had been a a thing that he had struggled with for so many years, but apparently it was, and um, he had been clean for several years. Wow. And shortly after he was clean, he got a book deal. Um, and then he got his his um, his deal with Food Network as well. So kind of in conjunction, the book he was writing at the time, and then um, t- or excuse me, Food Network um, tapped him for for a deal as well. And that's kind of where his his career started at the, wow. in the late nineties. But um, apparently, that was you know his thing back then, and I just very sad to see both of them go because both talented right yeah. exactly they're just they're creative geniuses just, in, yeah. in in my opinion and and I just especially I think I relate more so to Kate Spade and than I do Bourdain just because Bourdain's a little bit more that's all food related mm-hmm. but Kate Spade shared very much a the same philosophy and the same outlook on clothing that I do today as 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 a designer mm-hmm. Is that clothing is literally the the essential tool that everybody has to tell the world who they are, what their story is, and every single piece of clothing that you put on either A, has a story behind why it was created in the first place, or B, it tells the story of who you are or mm-hmm. how you're feeling on that particular day. Right. I, I mean, I know that there are certain days when I get dressed and I go to work or I, I get dressed to, to do things or... There's certain things that I just don't want to wear, and certain things speak to me more so that day. So, um, she truly gave us the the power to, and I put this on our Twitter account. She gave us the the power to live colorfully. No, yeah. you know, no pun intended. Um, but that's I think I related very much, much to her on that yeah. on that level. So, 
very sad. Both of them were very, very young, you know, 55 and 61. Bourdain would have had a birthday in two weeks. I believe yes. it was like on the 23rd or the 24th. Yeah. It's coming up on a birthday. So it's just, it's it's very sad. And all the people, unfortunately, that they leave behind are the ones that suffer the most. So yeah. um, our thoughts and prayers are with them. And, Definitely. And we do want to, you know, all, as an, a reminder, and uh, I said to Gustavo, too, the other day, I said, I really hope this opens up a an open line of communication mm-hmm. that at some point people are that are suffering from the same thing are going to want to speak up and want to seek out the help right. um, to get better because truly there's this might be the the little hour of of darkness and there might be a whole life ahead of you of really really great things so yeah. um, just as a reminder if there's someone you know or you're in a really, really tough spot. There is a 24-hour hotline. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Please, 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 if you know someone or you need it, please feel free to call them. It's 1-800-273-8255, and they are open 24 hours a day. They have an online chat. You can call them. You can text them. They've got literally every method. Uh, So please do not... There are better things out there in life, I promise. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, and the thing with, you know, with Anthony Bourdain, he's just um, such a trailblazer for a lot of, um, you know, culinary chefs, I guess celebrity um, chefs that are doing shows, and um, he's just an icon of just exploring the world uh, of actually trying new things and um in the culinary industry um maybe one of the first that actually started traveling and um you know going to places that no one has gone to and experimenting you know with foods um you know he's probably I don't know. It's fashion ways comparable to Anna Wintour or something. You know, he's really very much so. Up, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, you know, reach out for help. And I did a little research. You know, and according to the Center of Disease Control, um, in the U.S., suicide has risen thirty percent since nineteen ninety nine. Wow. Both men, women are, and all ethnic groups. Um, they actually are. You know, living you know, rural areas and urban. Um, suicide and self-harm costs the nation $70 billion a year in, medic- in medical care and loss of work time. So, it's a huge thing. I didn't realize it was that yeah. extensive. And then also another fact is uh, Amer- uh, more Americans die from suicide than car accidents or opioids. <laughs> um, you know, the stake for mental illness prevents suicide from, you know, getting attention. So that's why there's been a lot of people, you know, advocating about mental health. You know, it is a disease. And also um, about 10% of people with major depression um, die of suicide. You know, that's the only outlet, and it's really, really, really sad. Um, You know, heartbreaking, more than sad, I guess, you know, too, that they think about that. And about 50% of people with bipolar disorder die from suicide. So, you know, it's all these factors that, you know, weigh in. It's not just, um, I don't know, just, I don't know. It's just a really hard topic to talk about, I guess. Because, you know, we, first of all, I'm not a professional, so um, 
and you know, but the help is out there. No, asking for help doesn't mean you're weak. It just means that, you know, we're human. We're human. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can only take so much. Right. And asking for help doesn't mean you're weak. It just makes you stronger, to be honest. Um, and you know, Kate Spade and Superdane, you know, but typically more Kate. I guess Kate Spade joins, you know, the other designers like Alexander McQueen, who committed suicide, um, and Lauren Scott who also committed suicide. Yeah. Um, I guess everyone kind of sort of forgot about Lauren Scott. Um, well, this is... The, not in a bad way, but, you know... We were talking about this the other night, and yeah. it's this is the third designer in the matter of of 10 years, mm-hmm. because McQueen was in 2010. Yes. Lauren Scott was... Um, I think maybe like five or six years ago. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And now this one here... So it, I really hope that this opens up a, um, a a topic of conversation amongst people, people and and people are much more vigilant and they're much more observant in their own surroundings and mm. the people that are around them mm-hmm. um, because we have the power to to open up other uh, people's eyes and say, look, like this is happening. This right. needs to get fixed because. And they're very; these designers are very much more on a, a a public platform. They're much more out in in the public eye. So the news spreads much quicker, yeah. and and it's something that I hate to say it, but you use it as an example, and you say you don't want to be this. Right. You don't want it to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Let's try and fix it. Yeah. Um. So, so and it's no matter where you go, it's it's touched at least one person mm-hmm. out there, and. And just and it's, sometimes it's yeah. just helping that one person, you know. Absolutely. And, um, at least it's it's you know they're reaching out for help. So and it's really every time I see Dior and I. Have you ever seen Dior and I? Ah, um, I've seen the previews. If, I've never seen it. No. Well, it follows um, Ref Simmons' first collection for mm-hmm. Dior, and his first collection was Hot Couture, and. Um, there is um so they invite like other designers obviously and she always comes out like at the runway part like a couple of scenes so I was like oh my god every time I see it I'm like oh there's Lauren Scott so you know she's still there um but you know Alexander McQueen has a, a documentary coming out um so you know we're they're always you know I guess my point is we're always we'll never forget them you know right. as well as Kate Spade but um I don't know it's just. Just ask for help. Yeah. So um, on much lighter news in the in the midst (laughs) of all of this that's been happening, uh, the CFDA awards were on Monday night Mm -hmm. in. uh, In Brooklyn, wasn't it? I believe it was in Brooklyn. And for people who don't know what the CFDA awards are. Um, directly on their website, you can gr- go directly on there, and they do give you kind of a, a blurb. But it's pretty much known as the Oscar Night of the fashion community, mm-hmm. and it's each June the international fashion community honors the best and the I don't want to use the word up and coming because a lot of them are already established designers, but some of the the most talented mm-hmm. designers of of American design and. They recognize just outstanding contributions made to fashion and and pretty much anything menswear, women's wear. Um, they do accessories, yeah, shoes, um, and I just, think jewelry. Uh, I think so. Yeah. So it's pretty much like if you could picture the Oscars night, um, 
Like all those categories, but for fashion, I guess. Right, exactly. So, and it's kind of like everybody and their brother shows up. Every designer is there. And um, Anna Wintour from Vogue, Linda Fargo from Bergdorf Goodman. Like all the the who's who of the fashion community are there. Yeah. Uh, So we kind of, we watched all of the fashion and, and we kind of picked out our favorites very much like what we did with the Met Gala a few uh, a few weeks back. And there were some really outstanding um, looks that really, really popped. And then there were some that were just whatever, kind of. Right. Um, did you have a favorite as to what you liked? or? Um, my favorite, I would want to, my favorite was um, Naomi Campbell, I believe, in Calvin Klein. She wore like their red, like fringy cocktail number, I guess. Um, she also got an award for, um, I think it was a Lifetime Achievement Award or something like that. Um, I think it, it did her justice, and that dress, it's Naomi Campbell in red. Um, she was at, working it and twirling and twirling. And it seemed a little flapperish, but mm-hmm. I really liked it. Um, yeah. That was one of my top ones. What was your top one? Well, okay, so it was kind of tied between, I would have to say, Courtney um, Kardashian, which I know we constantly throw shade at the Kardashian <laughs> family. I get it. But she was there supporting her sister. It wasn't really about her. But um, she wore Christian Seriano to, um, to the CFDA Awards, and it was this gorgeous, I don't even know if it was, like, velour or if it was... I don't know what it was made out of, but it was a black pantsuit, and it literally had crystals head to toe. And when she walked and it was photographed, it had these beautiful, like, the, the stones really hit the lighting of the, the cameras and obviously the lighting that they had on the red carpet there. And it just, it was so sleek. It was not very showy looking. It was just very elegant and very dressy. And she just paired it with a pair of, like, studs and this really pretty necklace because she had a very low-cut um, opening on the front mm-hmm. of the jacket, but just absolutely stunning. It it was not flashy at all. It kind of, to me, it showed some maturity as far as, you know, being an adult going to a very high fashion event. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she fit in just perfectly. It was, you know, it was done very tastefully in the sense, like, very feminine and delicate, but mm-hmm. that pantsuit gave it that androgynous, masculine yeah. look to it. It did fit her. It fit her nicely. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, my other favorite one was, um, I guess my number two was um, Tracy Ellis Ross in Carolina Herrera. Mm, yeah. Um, Figures, Carolina Herrera. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just liked how it actually... It fit her nicely. It gave her a nice shape, even though it was all those layers of, like, the pastel pinks and um, in different shades and tones, I guess shades. And I think with the black strap on top, I think mm-hmm. it kind of gave her, like, this sophisticated look. And, you know, not that she's not, but um, I just think it just it just tied it all together. I think she looked really nice and really girly and fun. And, For sure. Yeah. Um. My other, like, really, really favorite was, um, and we'll post all of these pictures on our, our blog site so you can kind of follow along, but um, my other favorite was Linda Fargo of all. Yeah, she's the women's wear director at Bergdorf Goodman that she wore this, I'm talking like these polka dots had to have been probably like an inch in diameter or an inch and a half in diameter. So they were a bigger polka dot. 
Um, but Oscar de la Renta designed this um, off-the-shoulder kind of midi-length cocktail dress, all made in this, I don't know if it was necessarily tulle or like a silk organza of some sort, but it was all black with a white polka dot on it. And then she had a long sleeve jacket that was put on top of it as well, all with the polka dot. So it just, to me, I, I think what stood out to me is polka dots in, in my perspective at least are a very juvenile print mm-hmm. so to be able to to take something very simplistic like a uh, like a polka dot like that and make it into an elegant design really helps you stand out in a crowd and, and she works for Bergdorf Goodman I think she should be wearing something that's a little bit more on the trendier end and but it was done very tastefully and it was a very simple silhouette so it was mm-hmm. more so the fabric that really did the talking and and she really didn't do much with the jewelry or anything like that either so it was just very tastefully done and you know of course black and white my favorite colors too right. so that you know attracted me as well but but yeah um what else? oh the one that we both liked was hamish bells which yes. i wish that i could find the designer who designed this i it literally is nowhere on the internet so if someone knows who this designer is please tell us because i want to know who it is um but he looked phenomenal he actually came in with anna wintour mm-hmm. who wintour had this like almost look like a quilt is, yes. is kind of the best way I can explain it to you. Like all these shades of like blush and mauve and gold yeah. patchwork It dress. was an interesting dress, but I actually did. I didn't. There was a photograph I saw of her and it did not flatter her at all at the angle that the photograph was yeah. taken because she looked very grandma-ish. Well, she is a grandma. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean like grandma like oh my god that's grandma coming down the runway you know what i mean yeah yeah um and there was this other one that i they, they took a picture of her and i was like oh it's actually not that bad on her but i think it's just the, the way angle. the yeah. angle yeah but this this suit that he had on it almost looked like an optical illusion and anybody who's ever studied art there is a theory class that most students like art students take at a certain point that it teaches you the theory of like lines and colors and you have to learn what a hue is a chroma uh, saturation like all of those things and they teach you about Munsell's color guide and and all those various things but lines are black and white lines are always a very common um, thing that you also see in, in art theory classes, too. And this literally looked like an optical illusion. Like, if you could think of, not like a kaleidoscope, per se, but if you've ever seen the artwork that they do with all the lines that it almost looks like a tunnel. Mm. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Yeah. This is kind of what it looked like, but it looked so slick. It was tailored very well. It was executed beautifully. Um, and it's probably one of my favorite things that I've seen him wear to date. And he's worn, if you know who he is, he's worn quite a few of not bizarre things, but working for Vogue, um, you kind of, like I was saying about Linda Fargo, you kind of have to be a little bit trendier than most. Do you agree? Yeah. Um, so I just, I thought that suit was phenomenal. So um, what else did you like? I liked um, Kate Blanchett in Monse. I don't know if I saw that one. Um, she was wearing like um, 
like I guess it was a metallic skirt on top of or underneath. I guess her jacket was I don't know what it was, but I think I liked the deconstruction of it. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a coach, she had a black blouse, and then she had on um, uh, a coat. Her coats had sleeves that were also like gray embellished that kind of complemented the skirt that she had on. But at the same time, she had like something that wrapped onto the other side of the skirt. Hmm, okay. So I'm not sure if she was wearing two skirts or maybe just part of the coat. But it kind of gave her like this illusion of um, like a deconstruction kind of um, dress. Because she also had like a little tail. Doesn't look bad. The pictures were actually complimented. Um, she actually, I liked, I liked it. It was very different from everyone else, because everyone else was actually wearing like an evening ball gown or wearing like a pantsuit, and she was the only one that kind of was wearing like, um, I guess like a like a skirt or something, right. which I thought it was kind of cute from away from everyone else. Um, unless you're Lee Pace and you were wearing Tom Brown, where we were making fun of. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> if anybody has the chance to take, just Google this. What was his name? Lee. Lee Pace. Lee Pace wore Tom Brown, who Tom Brown is very, very well known for tailored, structured garments. Like, that is their thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And while I was putting together my notes for this podcast, I was going through all of the the attendees at the the awards, and I came across this one, and I I almost died because you expect this level of 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 excellence with a brand such as Tom Brown, mm-hmm. and I get that all of like menswear suits nowadays the the pant legs are very short, they're cropped almost. And the sleeves are short, but this had taken it to, like, a whole new level of ridiculous. Yeah. That I'm talking, like, anybody who's very familiar with menswear, we're talking, like, a two-inch cuff is showing. Like, almost the entire shirt cuff was showing. Yeah. Um, and then the pants were ridicu- ridiculously short. It it looked like he had put on his son's suit kind of thing right. or some little boy's suit. and Or it just shrunk. Yeah, it was, it was not good. It was not good. And then Tom Brown is known for... I don't know what we would call those pants and cropped ankles or whatever they are. Because usually his pants stop right at the ankle or mm-hmm. a little bit above it mm-hmm. where, you know, you are exposed. That's his. That's always been his trademark. Um, but this is just... I'm, Lee Pace, I just... Since he is such a tall guy, <laughs> it kind of looks a little bit like he is wearing his... somebody's kid's suit. Yeah. Um... And plus, the boots that he was wearing does not flatter it at all because I think he was wearing like high boots, high thigh, and like um, mm-hmm. high ankle boots yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. Um, and it's just the fit wasn't working for him in this one. And it's a shame because, like I said, Tom Brown is very, very well known. You watch any of, of the run, runway shows, it's, it's impeccably tailored. tailored. Even the weird stuff is impeccably tailored. Well, and that's like if you're going to do weird things like that or you're going to do very simplistic things on top of it, it better be really, really well made because Mm. then you got nothing going for you. If it's a plain silhouette. Right, exactly. The other one was um, Whoopi Goldberg, who I just. I don't know what she was wearing. It was Christian Siriano. It was Christian (laughs) Siriano. She was wearing bubblegum pink. 
or future It was pain. the pants. I think the pants were the She problem. was like the mother of the bride that just was, you know, going to be at the bar all day. No, you know what it looked like? If anybody has, can picture this movie reference, Monster-in-Law with Jane Fonda and Jennifer Lopez. Yes. That Jane Fonda plays like the crazy mother-in-law that, you know, no one's good enough for her son kind of thing. It literally looks like a dress that Jane Fonda would have worn in that movie. <laughs> We're talking like a huge, wide palazzo pant, this ridiculous pink hat. Yes. It just, I... I and it was oversized. Yeah. If it, yeah. it was oversized. Right. The palazzo, I understand, is a palazzo, but it also, like, the top part was also oversized. It just didn't flatter her at all. The color was amazing against her skin, but yeah. I just thought if it was just tailored, she would have knocked it out. So park. let me ask you this, because I looked at that several times, like, as I was going through all mm. the research. Do you feel like if she had taken the hat off, like, hadn't worn the hat and just worn the top and the pant, do you think you would have liked it better? I think I would have. Okay. I think if the top was tailored without the hat, uh-huh. or even with the hat, I think it would have been much more, much more. It yeah, it's, there were a lot of misses in that regard. Yeah. And this was, like... I don't know if you noticed this, but there were a lot of pantsuits this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that has anything to do in, like, direct correlation with the whole Me Too movement or this rise of women are, are starting to fight for that equal spot with mm-hmm. men. So instead of wearing dresses, there were a lot of pantsuits this year. So I don't know if that has something to do with it or And then Gigi Hadid wore the wetsuit. I call it yeah, a it was suit. a unit like a unitard. unitard, the Versace unitard. Yeah, um, you know all the Hadids, you know they loved it, or whatever. But yeah, it's 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 very interesting, and there were and it's funny because a lot of there were designers that had great showing with one celebrity, mm-hmm. and then another celebrity they I don't want to use the word tanked, but it wasn't that great. Like Christian Siriano did both. Courtney Kardashian and Whoopi Goldberg, and they were two extremes over the other. Mm, it was. Um, Tom Brown had uh, Lee Pace and then had Martha Hunt, too. Martha Hunt was That dress was cool. phenomenal. Yeah. It was this, like, structured corset dress, like, up to mid-thigh, and then it had this attached, I don't know if it was, like, an organza piece attached, but it was so visually interesting because the fabrics were different. Mm-hmm. And your eye went from, like, spot to spot to spot, and you couldn't stop looking at it. Your eye kept going around in circles. And um, so it was just – it was interesting to me. And I think a part of that comes with the person, the client that they're working with. But um, just very, very interesting. Like, that to me is is Tom Brown, the structure, the the visual interest, and very simple silhouette, but the fabric and, and, and whatnot – really speaks for itself and it was executed as far as the fit really well um so it was just there were a lot of really great and a lot of really bad ones too right. um and at the end of the day there it, it was more so for the cfda for the awards more than anything but i just i have this expectation that if you're part of the fashion industry like you would hope like these people would have their shit together right and but I, I guess you know what I mean. Yeah, I guess. I guess also we're just off the back of the Met Ball. 
That's true. You so know, you think it's like you're being let down because of the extravagance yeah, of that? Yeah, I think, you know, once the map ball comes, you know, you pull out all the stops. You know, you're wearing everything. Right. Like, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker, you're wearing the fucking nativity set, you know, <laughs> on your head. So, you know, you have, then you have the CFDA, which is in Brooklyn, which is, you know, Brooklyn's up and coming. What are you trying to say about Brooklyn? I'm just saying it's <laughs> it's still fashionable, but it's Brooklyn. And, you know, that's why they're probably like, okay, well, you know, it is the CFDA. It is in Brooklyn. Like, right. what am I going to wear? Am it's, I going to wear this ball gown? Am I going to wear this pants? Right. Well, and I think a lot of it, too, has to do with, again, that whole Me Too movement. And it's mm-hmm. funny because we were talking about this at work, too. And talking about how when you work in the in the in the retail sector of this industry, there you deal with all different types of personalities and characters and expectations and walks of life and everything, literally. And we had someone come in that just was not very nice to the women in in the store that I work at. And so that kind of brought up this whole. Um, this whole topic because he made an, a, a comment to an employee saying, gosh, I wish I had worked with you from the beginning instead of her. Mm. And it's kind of like, well, did, was that really necessary? Like, did you really have to say that? So, right. so it kind of opened up that whole topic amongst all of us once there was nobody in the store. And, and we started saying, like, he, this man is clear, clearly upset about the fact that men are no longer – held at this higher um, expectation than women. Mm. That makes sense. Like, there, it's that, that gap is starting to, to close. Okay. That makes sense. And now he's losing, as a man is losing his footing. And I could see where they were coming from when they said that because, and I said to them, I'm like, well, where was he the last 50 years when, when women were not equal? They weren't getting paid equal. They weren't viewed equally. Mm-hmm. said he needs to get off his high horse and, and realize that we're entering a different stage of society, that women are slowly uh, entering onto that equal playing field, if that makes sense. Right. So it just, it was very interesting. And, and that's what I like so much about clothing, and that's what made me want to be a designer, want to work in, in clothing, was because clothing like that, it's just, that's a perfect example. Mm-hmm expresses the time uh the time period in which they're in what's going on in the world it's very it, it very much represents their opinions and it's just it's very interesting like clothing really correlates directly to to current events mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah totally so it's very interesting to me but I um it. i get it but yeah, I mean, if there, if you guys had any favorites that you thought were great that um, we did not cover, we'd love to hear your thoughts and what you guys think. And definitely, um, definitely tweet us or send us a shout out through Instagram, Twitter. Absolutely, we're on both. Comment um, on our website. Yes. Fashion oh, junkies. and by the way, too. Side note: we are now. On iTunes, so you can yes. find us under Fashion Junkies, a podcast, mm-hmm. and subscribe directly to us. If you love us, please leave us a review. We're dying to have our very first review on iTunes. This has been literally the most painstaking <laughs> process of the entire podcast. Right. 
it took waiting for yeah it took gustavo and i forever to figure it out and finally gustavo had a friend that was able to figure it out for us and uh, we're now on itunes and you can listen to us directly thank you jennifer yes thank you so much because otherwise without your help we would have never figured it out (laughs) exactly (laughs) um so definitely listen to us on there. You're more than welcome to continue listening to us on the blog. We'll have it in both spots. Yeah. Um, and then I'm sure we'll end up somewhere else. We had talked about Spotify or, or, or SoundCloud or something like that. Yeah. So we'll definitely, as that develops, we'll let you know. But um, I guess we could close out with our week. well, not weekly, but our biweekly tradition of what's something that you're currently obsessing about. Okay, so I've been binge-watching a lot of comedies Uh on Netflix, Uh and I keep replaying John Mulaney. Um, He has two Netflix specials called, um, one is called The Combat Kid, which is like a year or two old, and one recently from Radio City Music Hall, Mm -hmm. and he is freaking hilarious. I think this second one is much more funny, um, much more hilarious. Um, Simply, he talks about... um, his wife, he talks about his poodle, his um, bulldog. He talks about his parents growing up, um, especially, like, if you live in the cities where you have assemblies. I mean, that part is just really hilarious. So if you guys actually, you know, want to take an hour, an hour and a half and just laugh your ass off, look John up, look up John Mulaney on Netflix. Uh, you will not be disappointed. What about you? Um, There's not really anything that... In particular, I'm for those who don't know, I'm a huge avid Friends fan. Um, Friends is hands down one of my favorite television shows through and through, and I can watch all seasons and I know the storylines, and I, but it never gets old. So that's a constant thing that I'm always watching on on Netflix because I have I just I have it there. So not anything. Not anything really. I'm I'm very excited for fall to happen because, not because I want the heat to go away, but more so because all the great shows return. Mm. So, um, yeah, no, not anything really as of right now. Just, just, uh, just summer kinda, mode, like getting ready for yeah, summer mode. Right. Well, there's not really anything ever on television right. during the summer. That's kind of the, the yeah. Everything's part. good. It's off the air now. Right. So. But that's that's about it. But um, if you guys have any questions or you think of anything, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. Um, via, if you just type in Fashion Junkies, you should be able to find us on there. We've mm-hmm. got that cool little um, 80s graphic with our name on it. It almost yes. looks like a splatter paint. Yes. Um, so you'll be able to see us. But, um, but, yeah, until next time. Until next time. We will see you guys then. See you guys then.